Good afternoon, everyone. I think we've got everybody now. Um, thank you for joining our webinar this afternoon. Um, we hope you're keeping safe and well in these very strange times. Um, so today's presentation um, will be by Anne Bibby, our tax partner, and Chanel Webb, our uh, payroll bureau manager. Um, so the sort of agenda of today is we're going to look at the coronavirus job retention scheme first, um, and then moving on to the self-employment income support scheme after that. At the end of the presentations, there'll be a chance to ask any questions that you have. Um, and you can do you can ask them throughout the um, webinar. You just need to click in the bottom of your screen and you'll see a Q&A box. Um, you can type your questions there and then we'll answer them at the end. So I'm going to pass over to Chanel now. Hello everyone, thank you um, for uh, joining me today. Um, the um, aim of today is really just to go through all of the changes that were announced on Friday um, with the furlough scheme because it's going to make it um, a bit tricky for everybody getting their staff back to work and what they need to do what the consider considerations they need to make um, going forward so um, just to start with is to just review on what the aim of um, the scheme actually was um, and it was to allow employers to maintain their current workforce um, where operations have been severely impacted by the coronavirus New legislation was introduced to allow employers to furlough their staff. It was a leave of absence and it was an actual contractual change, um, meaning that there had to be a form of employee agreement. Um, the, their employees wages were funded by the government, so guaranteeing employees wages up to the cap of £2,500 per calendar month, plus employers, national insurance, employers pension, um, but that was in line with the auto-enrolment threshold. Now, um, there's, um, there's probably been lots of common mistakes um, made when making the claim. Um, employees that are eligible, I think that was a quite a moving target for everybody when it was first launched, especially those that started employment on the 1st of March. Um, and even though they made the change to the 19th of March to allow staff to be eligible when an FPS was submitted, um, I think a lot of employers were still caught with new employees and they still made claims for them. Um, also the types of employers, so nurseries um, was probably a big one they couldn't claim um, for part of their funding. Um, also um, charities, where they were getting money from government for certain workers, they, they couldn't claim, but you know, the, there were lots of um, issues around that. Um, incorrect claims being made. Now the government have said very clearly that if you have made a mistake, don't go and correct it in your next submission. Um, I think going forward with the amount of changes that have been introduced over the coming months, this is going to probably be a lot more common. I think people need to think very carefully um, before they make any claims and to make sure it's been reviewed by somebody else. Um, the biggest, I think, action going forward are going to be those employers that have actually made their 
employees work while they've been furloughed and this potentially will end up with people being taken to court and heavily fined so please ensure that going forward you are compliant with the legislation and um, when it says that someone can't work it means they can't work any anything that is that would cause you to earn revenue um, so even putting something on social media okay some facts um, 7.5 million people are now on furlough with um, with staff from more than 900,000 businesses off work. So far, £10 billion has been paid out. Furloughing is currently costing the same as running the NHS. Um, HMRC have received 800 employee complaints over fraudulent claims, um, and that is only going to in increase. Um, what people need to continue to remember going forward over the coming months to ensure that they keep a copy of the letters they've issued to staff this needs to be kept till June 2025. HMRC have got the next five years to go back and look at all the claims and how companies have been compliant um, and I wouldn't hesitate to guess that they will be reviewing um, every claim that they've paid out. Holidays are still being accrued whilst employees are furloughed um, and you, you, but you can carry them forward over to the next two holiday years so you know that people shouldn't be panicking about staff taking holiday because it can be, can be managed. Um, and as I said previously HMRC have got the five years to investigate all claims. So on Friday, we, they announced um, the changes. Uh, so as of June 2020, there will be no new entrants into the scheme after the 30th June. That actually means that if you've not furloughed your staff by the 10th of June, you will not be able to make any form of claim from the government. Um, so if it's something that you are considering, lots of people have done rotaring of staff three weeks on, three weeks off. If you've got a member of staff that hasn't had their three weeks yet of furloughing, um, you need to ensure that they um, have gone on to furlough before the 10th of June. Um, and everything else during June is staying the same of the cap of 2500 and the government also covering pension and national insurance july 2020 now this is a month earlier than anyone expected um, this when the changes start employers may now start bringing their staff back to work on a part-time basis um, in line with government's um, guidelines um, Oh, full-time if, if business is picked back up. Um, eligible employers, however, um, will be required to pay the cost of any hours worked. Now, at the moment, the 2,500 isn't above national minimum wage for some people. Um, you will have to pay them in line with their contract and national minimum wage. Um, and the government will help top up their wages um, of their unworked hours 
um, to a cap of 2,500, um, including any national insurance and pension contributions. However, what you need to remember is it doesn't mean that if you've paid £1,000 to an employee because that's how much they've earned working, you can then claim £2,500 of furlough. That will be prorated based on the available month. Um, you will be required, HMRC are going to require you report the employee's contracted hours, hours worked and the number of hours differential being claimed for and this in addition to previous data required so you're you know you're going to have to keep a clear record going forward august 2020 um eligible employers will that now be required to cover the cost of tax uh, sorry national employers national insurance and employers pension HMRC will still cover the unworked hours up to the value of 80%, but employers will cover the whole national insurance and pension cost. Um, September 2020, again, it changes. So you, uh, they're asking employers to cover hours worked, 10% of um and 10 percent of the unworked hours so currently the government is covering 80 percent they will now cover 70 percent which is a cap of 2187 pound 50 um and the remaining 10 percent taking it up to 80 will be paid by the employer along with 100 percent of the national insurance um costs and pension costs um, the government believes that, that that you know that that still is the employer's overall cost is only 14 percent of their original payroll bill october is the final month that you will be able to um, claim anything from the government so it's you know hopefully by then you've got a clearer line of your staff, um, how many you will need in the new climate, and start dealing with what your you know the future looks like. And again, they have reduced the amount of um, furlough again to sixty percent. Um, the employers will again be required to top up an extra twenty percent to, to ensure that they've got the two, minimum two thousand five hundred. Um, and you will again cover the employer's national insurance and pension um, and they feel that represents 23% of the overall employer costs. I've done an example of what the calculation would kind of look like, it's a basic one, it gets more complicated as we start working in two hours but it's It'll just show you that you know there's a lot more to go in it. So anyone that's um, the Ellicotts, we look after your payroll. We will be issuing a data sheet for you to complete because we will be requiring a lot more information. Um, I think um, what people need to remember going forward and think about is planning how their staff are going to come back to work um you know getting a rotor in place and scheduling to ensure that 
um, they know exactly who's in and, and when so that they can get their claims correct. Um, so that's myself. Um, uh, so thank you very much for listening and obviously I will uh, take answers and questions at the end for you. Um, so I will pass over to my colleague Anne. Thank you Chanel. Um, my name's Anne Bibby, I'm a tax partner at Ellicott's. So Chanel has just covered the government support for employers and employees but what about the self-employed? Initially there wasn't anything announced but um, subsequently they announced the self-employment income support scheme which aims to replace any lost income for self-employed. So we'll just go through some of the details. The SEISS as we like to call it in tax is available to anybody who's self-employed or a member of a partnership that has been adversely affected by coronavirus. So this is anyone who's a self-employed person or a member of a partnership, but it doesn't apply to anyone who's a company or anyone who's got an owner-managed business where they're a director taking low salaries, so probably wouldn't gain much from the furlough scheme that Chanel's just talked about and pays themselves in dividends other than that. This scheme isn't for them. So what is SEISS? It's a taxable grant, so whatever money that you do receive from HMRC will have to be reported on your self-assessment tax return. And it's the first instalment is to cover the period from March 2020 to May 2020. And it looks to give you a grant of up to 80% of your taxable profits for that period, up to a maximum of 7,500. Now there's recently been a second grant announced where they're looking to cover the period from June to August 2020 as the economy hasn't got up and running yet. We've got very little information on this at the moment but uh, it looks like instead of 80% you'll be receiving 70% of your taxable profits and again there'll be a maximum cap of £6,570 on that too. So that all sounds good. So who can claim? It is aimed at businesses that are adversely affected by COVID-19. So just because you are self-employed, if your business hasn't been adversely affected, then you really shouldn't claim. You do need to have been affected by COVID-19. It's not just to bolster up any profits that uh, you wouldn't normally be entitled to. There is also another catch that it's only for taxable trading profits of up to 50,000. So if you're in a dental partnership and uh, there's three of you and you earn say £75,000 each then you've, you're in a, you've gone over the £50,000 so you wouldn't be able to claim under this scheme. In addition to that your self-employment trading profits must be at least 50% of your total income so again if you're a partner in a farming partnership and you're income is 50,000 but your pension or rental income is 75,000 your self-employment income is less than 50 50 so you wouldn't be able to qualify under this scheme either they're looking at ideally they're looking at an average of the last three years tax returns 16 17 17 18 and 18 19 but if you haven't been trading for those taxable years then they'll look at 1819 but I will go into detail a bit later as to exactly how they're going to look at calculating the profits. So the main thing to consider is 
what is meant by adversely affected. HMRC have gone on record to say that uh, businesses could be adversely affected by COVID-19 if you're unable to work. So that if you're shielding, self-isolating or on sick leave because of COVID-19 or have caring responsibilities, they consider you to be adversely affected because of COVID-19 and would be eligible to claim. In addition to that, it could also be that you've had to scale down. If you're a hairdresser, you're no longer able to operate, so you've been severely disrupted by COVID-19. It could be that you've got supply chain interruptions. It could be that you've got no customers or clients or that your staff are unable to come into work. These are all reasons as to why your business would be severely affected by COVID-19. It's going to be difficult for HMRC to try and track which business has been affected or not affected, but we would recommend that people keep a note of anything they can to substantiate the, why they made the claim for SEIS. So how much may you be entitled to depends on a number of factors. So the initial grant is 80% of taxable profits for the three month period, March to May 2020, but has a cap of £7,500. Now, ideally people will have been in continuous self-employment since 2016. So you'll have the three years tax returns that HMRC would like to average out to find the average monthly profit over the last three tax years that have been submitted and filed with HMRC and were submitted and filed ideally by the 31st of January 2020 but they did give people up until the 23rd of April 2020 for anybody who filed their 1819 tax return late to be able to substantiate their claim. However if you haven't got three years taxable profits then if you started in 2017-18, it'll be an average of the profits over the 2017-18 and 18-19 tax years to work out how much your monthly allowance should be up to a maximum of 7,500 for the three months. If you started trading in 2018-19, then it will just be the taxable profits for 2018-19. And now, we know some clients who started trading in 2018-19, but with most businesses, it takes a while for the business to take off, but they will only look at the, the profit period in the 2018-19 tax return, as they've got very limited information at HMRC and they needed to try and make it fair. They said they would only look at any information that had been filed with them by 23rd of April um, 2020 to try and stop abuse. As I mentioned earlier, the grant is now being extended and uh, we're expecting more information on the 12th of June as to how you can make a claim for June to August and how the 70% will work. But I'm assuming that it'll be on the same basis that they'll still only look at all tax returns filed up to January 2020 to um, try and stop abuse as much as possible. HMRC have tried to do it as much online as possible. So any claims ideally need to be made online. If you've got a government gateway, then that's how you're supposed to do it and you'll need your user ID and password. If you don't currently have a government gateway because you use someone like us as agent to submit all your tax returns, you will need to create one and ideally via the online eligibility checker where you can put in your UTR and national insurance number and it does actually say as to whether they HMRC believe that you're eligible for the grant or not. 
if you don't use computers at all, then they have suggested that you call the helpline, the numbers on the screen. We've found severe difficulties in the tax team trying to call HMRC at the moment. So you've probably got more chance of winning the lottery than getting through to HMRC on the helpline. Um, but that's the only alternative that they're suggesting other than going online. Unfortunately, as agents, we are not able to make this claim. We've lobbied HMRC to suggest that it would be easier if we were able to make the claim, but their argument is that it's easier for them to get the system up and running and be able to pay you out quicker if you do it yourselves online rather than us doing it as agents. Um, I do come with a health warning on this that um, I've heard in certain situations that people have been giving their government gateways to their agents to file online and HMRC have gone public to say please don't do this because it triggers a fraud alert and then it could delay payments being made. If you go on the eligibility checker and it rejects saying that you don't have a claim all is not lost especially if you believe that there is a claim to be made. In addition to that, if the profits calculated when you go through the claim are less than you anticipated, we can still amend that too. Um, we have to go through the normal appeals process, but luckily this is something that we can do as agents on your behalf. And there are some quirks with the system because we've had a client, there were four partners in a partnership. The eligibility checker said that two people were eligible and the other two weren't even though it was sharing profits equally in the partnership so we have had to appeal through the normal process to uh, try and increase the claim especially for the people who were not classed as eligible per the checker. Again HMRC are concerned that the system might get abused and so they are going to look to do spot checks on the claims that have been made eventually at the moment they're concerned about getting money to people who need it during the current crisis so are just paying out at the moment but they will be doing checks so if you go on the eligibility checker and they say that you're due something and it's much more than you're anticipating I do recommend that you do go back to them and own up to this fact because if you claim dishonestly or inaccurately HMRC have said that they will look at charging penalties. So to avoid penalties, please be honest. If unfortunately the eligibility checker comes back and you spoke to your advisor and you're not qualified for any of the grant, there are other support systems available. You can delay paying VAT payments for any VAT quarter up to the end of June. There is also a delay, you no longer have to pay your self-assessment payment on account in July 2020. This can all be done on the 31st of January 2021, so it does give a little bit more time to recoup money to pay the tax. In addition to that, there are bounce back loans available as well. So that was a whistle-stops tour of the uh, grant available to self-employed people. Um, Chanel covered everything that was to do with employees and employers and the furlough payments. So we're now ready to look at questions. Do you, do you want to read them out, Anne, that we've had? Um, just a bit. Of, yeah, okay. So the first one we had, in June, can, can furloughed staff come back one day a week or does it have to be one week on and three weeks off? 
in July, on, July onwards can furlough staff come back part-time hours each week I think that one's one for you Chanel yeah. uh, so yes so furloughed staff can come back one day a week it they it can be um four hours a day um every day um and this is you know the, there is no you need to monitor it based on your business um and increase as you know business picks up um but that, that's what makes the calculation very very difficult and also where there's a lot of planning from from yourselves as an employer's front of what that's going to look like especially the salaried staff where you know it, it, you know they're not doing five days a week for seven and a half hours a day anymore um and another question you seem to be more popular than me chanel <laughs> I own a limited company. The main part of my income is derived from dividends. If I claim under the retention scheme for the part of my income paid under PAYE, am I able to continue receiving the income derived from dividends? Um, uh, this is such a difficult question because the question would be, is there any dividends to take if the business isn't creating any revenue? Um, and so it's, it's quite a complicated one. I mean, uh, I don't see any reason that, you know, later in the year, if there is dividends, it makes any difference. But Anne, actually, I think... Yeah, you... I agree with you, Chanel. Um, if there's the reserves in the company to be able to pay the dividends, a dividend is actually a reward on you being a shareholder rather than you being an employee or a director of the company. So that shouldn't make any difference on what goes through the PAYE. It's just unfortunately it's been more tax efficient sometimes historically for owner managed businesses to take a small salary and then bolster up their income with dividends and unfortunately in the current climate there's no grants or support for people in that situation right and i think the other the other thing that um i was talking through in my team today that came to light is that because as of um sorry the 15th of june or whenever businesses are not allowed to open apart from hospitality those people that are taking the smaller salaries and doing dividends i think it's going to be really difficult to justify them being furloughed um after the end of june because their business should be open they should be creating revenue so in which they wouldn't be furloughed so um i think one, you know, I, I think we're, we are at a point, unless you're in hospitality, um, directors will be unable to furlough themselves past the 30th of June with a valid reason. Um, so I think that's also something to consider. Yep. Um, one more for you, Chanel, then there's one for me. If we're <laughs> rotating staff on furlough leave, can we continue to do so after the 30th of June? i.e. as long as we add one, no one new, then the other staff have previously been furloughed at some point? Yes, absolutely. So if you have furloughed them um, previously, you, you can continue to do that. You just cannot add anybody new um, as of the 10th of June um, because there wouldn't be three weeks for them to have been furloughed. Um, so yes, absolutely. If you're rotating them, continue to do so, and you can continue on throughout the next four months. 
And then I've got a question on the bounce back loan. The government's covering the interest for the first 12 months of the bounce back loan and there's no early repayment fee. Does this mean I can repay the entire amount of, on the last day of the 12 months and pay no fee or interest? That's my understanding of how it's supposed to be working is that uh, the first 12 months are interest free and there's no arrangement fee on arranging the, the loan. So if you're able to turn the business around to be able to repay that within the first 12 months, my understanding is that there'll be no cost to you as a business. Um, I think that's all. The I think questions. that's it. Well, thank you all for taking the time to come to listen to us today. Hopefully you found it useful. Um, we have been asked if we'll send the slides round. Um, I'll arrange with uh, Claire in marketing that to be done but um, our contact details will also be on the slide so if anybody's got any questions they'd like to take offline we're here to help and thank you for listening thank you